Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas Chedek Yerches, Parsha Shlach, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learned the Pasuk of Shlach Lecha Anoshim, and we learned the teaching of Rashi on these three words. And there are four parts in the sicha. The rebel number one asks six questions on Rashi. Number two, explain that there's an essential question that's bothering Rashi over here, which is the key to understanding this Rashi. Number three, answer the six questions on Rashi. And number four, present the Nyanim, Muflaim, and Alacha, which are in this Rashi. In the beginning of the parsha, so Rashi quotes the word Shlach Lecha Anoshim, and he explains, Why did the Torah put this parsha, this story of the Miraglim, near the parsha, near the story of Miriam, which is right at the end of the previous parsha of Baal Ezra? And Rashi answers, Since Miriam was punished because of Iske Diba, that she spoke about her brother, Moshe Rabbeinu, and these Rishayim, the Miraglim, they saw this, and they did not take a lesson. And there are six questions here. The first question is, as we spoke many times, from the fact that Rashi only explains the smichas of various parshias in a few places, and not every time we have parshas that are near one another and there's explanation for it in Chazal. So this proves that it's not a question why the parshas are close to one another. And especially it won't be a question if the two parshas are in the order that the events occurred. And so Rashi will only explain to us the smichas of the parshas if there is some type of difficulty with it or if by explaining it, it'll answer some other question that there is in Pshut Based on this, there's a difficulty here, which is that if so, since the story of the Miraglim happened the day after the story of Miriam, the story of Miriam ended on Chavchesivan, and the story of the Miraglim began on Chavtesivan, so what's the question over here? The two parshas are near one another, and it fits perfectly in terms of the order of the events, in, in the terms of the chronology of when the events occurred. The second question is, why does Rashi say about Miriam, that Shalakso on what? Why was she punished? Al Iske Diba. Why doesn't Rashi say on Lashon Hara? Like he indeed says elsewhere that Miriam was punished for speaking Lashon Hara. And this question is especially since Rashi later explains that Diba, the speech of Diba, can be good or bad. So there's no indication over here that she spoke badly. So Rashi should have better said Shalakso al Lashon Hara. The third question is why does Rashi add over here Shadibra Ba'achia? What's the difference who she spoke about? The main thing is to say that Lafisha Luxal Iska Diba, that she was punished for the way she spoke, and these Rashaim saw and didn't take a lesson. Why does Rashi have to tell us who she spoke about? The fourth question is why does Rashi say Urashaim Halalu? He could have just said Vahim. We know who we're talking about over here. We're talking about the Miraglam. So Rashi should have said, Lafisha Luxal Iska Diba, Shadibra Vahia, Vahim and they, the Miraglam, Rauvalakhumusar. Why does Rashi say Rishayim Halalu and these Rishayim? The fifth question is, why does Rashi say Rishayim Halalu? Ra'u, they saw V'leilak Chumusar and they didn't take a lesson. Why doesn't Rashi rather say Ra'u Musar, they saw a lesson, V'leishamru, and they didn't guard it. Like we see elsewhere in Chumash, that's what it says. It speaks about seeing a lesson and then guarding it, keeping it. And the sixth question is, why does Rashi also quote in the Dibra Maschal the words L'cha Anoshim? Rashi should have just quoted the word shlach, like in the previous parasha where Rashi explains to us the closeness of the two parashiyas of the Hanukkah Sanasim and the Menorah. 
Rashi quotes the word Baleischa and says his teaching. So also here Rashi should have just quoted the word Shlach and say his teaching. And as we'll see later in the Sikha, there's going to be another question which the Rebbe answers on Rashi, which is, why does Rashi say the word Ra'u? Rashi could have just said, These Rishayim didn't take a lesson from Miriam. So as we'll see later, there will be a seventh question that's going to be answered as well. So we'll be able to understand this Rashi and answer all of our questions on Rashi by first discussing the question of the Ramban. The Ramban asks, why was the sin of the Miraglim so great? Their shluchus was to investigate They were sent to investigate the land, the people, the cities. So what was their sin by saying the truth of what they saw? They described the people are very mighty, and the cities are well fortified, and they're very large. What was their sin? As the Ramban says, They were sent to investigate and to report, and that's what they did. And to explain this question, we're going to negate some possible answers. We can't answer that their sin was that they said that it's a Eretz Eichelus Yeshveh, or their conclusion of Lalis, that we're not going to be able to go up and conquer the land. Because as the Ramban says, he addresses these possible answers, that even before they said these words about it's a Eretz Eichelus Yeshveh, and Leinucha Lalis, Kalev already intervened, and, he's, and as the Torah tells us, Vayas Kalev so it's understood from this that their earlier words where they just describe the land and the people and the cities were already a sin. And so the question is, what's the sin over there? Furthermore, even their later words of Leinuchalales can have a limit because they said Leinuchalales. They didn't say Leinale, which would be against the Tzivay of Hashem. We're not going to go up. They just said we can't go up. And the explanation is that according to their estimation of the strength of the Yidden and the strength of the people of the land, the, land, the Yidden don't have the ability in nature to conquer its role. So they're just reporting what their investigation found, but they weren't saying therefore what to do. And even they're saying that Chazakumi Menu, which Rashi explains and it's brought down that it means Omru. They said it's about Hashem, that they're stronger than Hashem even. It isn't the denial in Hashem's ability. Because they were reporting that the might of the nations is so great that it's impossible to imagine conquering them even through miracles. And as we indeed see from the response of Kaliv, what did Kaliv say? Even if it's in the heavens that we have to go there, Hashem says, make ladders and go up there. We're going to succeed in everything that Hashem says, which this is a type of thing that it's beyond even a miracle. So even when they said we could explain it to mean that they were saying that it's such an impossibility that they can't even see it happening through miracles. But they weren't saying what we should therefore do, that therefore we shouldn't go up. So they're just reporting. So even what they said later could be explained. And so our question is, what was so terrible about what the Miraglim did? And Rashi answers this question with his teaching at the beginning of the parasha of Lama Nismacha. So it comes out that when Rashi asks, Lama Nismacha, He's giving us an explanation of Lama Nismacha, but in the process he's also answering this question, which is what was so terrible about the Chaita Maraglam. And with this in mind, we're about to go back to the Rashi and answer all of the questions. So now we're going to move on to answering the questions, and we're going to begin by answering questions 1 and 6. So the explanation of this is as follows. The reason Rashi asks Lama Nismacha, so we explained the reason Rashi is asking this question, is in order to 
answer this larger question about what was so terrible about the Avera of the Miraglim. But the question of Lamanismacha itself has to make sense. So the reason Rashi asks Lamanismacha, even though the story of the Miraglim happened the day after the story of Miriam, so it makes sense that these two parshas are near one another, the reason he asks it is because according to Pshutta Shemikra, we have to sometimes make a separation between two parshas, even when they chronologically follow one another. And this is similar to what Rashi explains by the parsha of Ahibin Sayarin. Rashi says, Why is this parsha of Ahibin Sayarin written here in Parshas Balaischa? In order to separate between the two bad events that are written here. So, in order to separate between these two bad events that they shouldn't be written right next to one another, the Torah interrupts with the parsha of Ahibin Sayarin. So, we see that even when two events may otherwise fit to be written next to one another, but there could be a reason to need to separate between them. And so similarly here, when one learns these two parashiyas of Miriam and of the Miraglim, one after the other, so since they both speak about a, about a matter of Lashon Hara, so a person may make a terrible mistake and think that Miriam and the Miraglim are chas on the same or at least a similar level. And even though we see the extreme, extreme difference between them and the results by Miriam, even after the punishment of Atisagir Miriam, we learn that the whole nation waited for her. And this is a special honor that Hashem gave her. Whereas by the Miraglim, by them themselves, it was by Musa Magifa, they died. And that whole generation, Yipluba Midbar, died in the Midbar. And even Uvnechim, the ones that would end up in Eretz Yisrael, they remained in the Midbar for 40 years. But still, even though we see this extreme difference in the results, we can say that this isn't because they, the, the Miraglim were Rishayim, but rather because all the Yidin ended up rebelling against Hashem through not being careful with their speech. So we could say what they did itself is similar to what Miriam did. It's just that the, the punishment is so great because what they did led to something terrible, whereas by Miriam was a private matter. So we'll say the only difference is that since the story of the Miraglim was a public matter, so it led to this terrible thing. Whereas by Miriam was a private matter, nothing, nothing terrible ended up coming out of it, and that's why the consequences weren't so bad. And this is actually the reason, this is also the reason that Rashi also quotes the words in the beginning, in his Dibra Maschal, he quotes the words, Nashim, because this strengthens the possibility of a person making this mistake. So why does Rashi, this is answering the sixth question, why does Rashi also quote the words, Nashim? Because he's explaining to us over here with these words, why it's important to separate these two parashiyas. Because a person may make a mistake and think that they're similar. And the words L'cha Nashim strengthen the possibility for making a mistake. Because L'cha Nashim, those two words emphasize the greatness of the Raglam. Because the Miraglim were sent Lecha, which means Ladaitcha of Meisha, on such an important Shluchas. So this shows that they were the greatest of people. And therefore that's why they were actually deserving of being called Anashim. Which as Rashi says it means Lashin Chashivus, Ksherim Hayu, that they were great people. And so Rashi quotes these two words to emphasize that why were they written next to one another? A person can make a mistake and think they're similar. And the words emphasize that point and make it more likely to make the mistake because those words communicate to us and teach us that the Miraglim were very great. And in order to negate such a mistake and to make it clear that the Miraglim aren't on a similar level of Miriam, so the terror should have separated between the two parashiyas. And therefore Rashi asks, Lama nismacha parashas miraglam, the parashas miriam. So now we understand Rashi's question. And we understand why he quotes the words, L'cha Nashim. Now we're going to move on to answering questions number four and five. Question number four is, why does Rashi say, Urushayim halalu? Why doesn't he just say, Vehem? And they, Ra'u v'leilakhumusr. And also, why does Rashi say, Ra'u v'leilakhumusr? Why doesn't he say, like the Torah says elsewhere, Ra'u Musr, they saw a lesson, and they didn't keep it, they didn't guard it. So Rashi answers this question of his 
of why did the Torah put these two parashas together by saying, The Torah puts these two parashas near one another, even though it could lead to this mistake, to teach us the greatness of the sin of the Miraglam, which also explains why they received such a tremendous punishment. It wasn't just because of the results of what they did. It's because of their terrible sin which is that they just had an opportunity to learn a lesson and lay luck chumasur. They just had the opportunity. It was right in front of them to see how they should behave and they did not take the lesson. And the lesson wasn't something that they could learn through thinking deeply about it, but rather it was right there for the taking. That's why Rashi says, lay luck chumasur, not they didn't lay shomer, they didn't guard it. That row musr lay shomer. It says, vehim row, they saw it, vehim lay chumasur, they didn't take the lesson. Rashi is coming to tell us that it was there for the taking. And when we're saying this, we're saying that they saw and they didn't take a lesson, so this shows us that the sins were in the same category, as we'll explain in the next section of the Sikha, how the two Averis of Miriam and the Miraglam were similar. And that's why Rashi writes, or Shayim in order to clarify that the similarity of the two events is only in regards to the sin. However, regarding the people involved, the Miraglam were not just sinners. But they were Rishoyim Halalu. Rashi says Rishoyim Halalu to tell us that they're completely different than Miriam, the total opposite of Miriam, who we just learned about her, that covet Chalakla Mokim. So we answered those two questions. Why does Rashi say Loy Lakhu Musr? Because he's coming to tell us that the lesson is there for the taking. They just saw exactly how to behave and how not to behave, and they didn't take the lesson. And because if we're saying that they could have taken a lesson, it means that the sins are similar. So then a person can think that also the people involved are similar. So Rashi emphasizes that there's no similarity whatsoever by saying Rishayim Halalu. They were completely and totally opposite of Miriam. They were Rishayim, whereas Miriam, on the other hand, we see how we, we see and we just saw how great she was. And we'll explain in the next section how the sins are similar. And so that's the severity that they just saw this thing happening, and nevertheless, they didn't take the readily available lesson of how not to behave. Now we're going to move on to explain what was the sin of Miriam, and how it's similar to the sin of the Miraglam, and in the process, we're also going to answer question number two. In question number two, we asked, why does Rashi say, Shalaksa al iske diba, and not Shalaksa al So, we're going to start by asking a question over here, which is, L'chayra, seemingly, it's not understood. What indeed was the sin of Miriam? What Miriam said about Moshe, that now Moshe Rabbeinu divorced his wife. It was true. He divorced her and he caused her pain. In addition, Miriam didn't even intend to speak badly about Moshe, like Rashi tells us. So she didn't have bad intentions and what she said was true. And it's just that she didn't correctly estimate the greatness of Moshe, that it was more than just just like Hashem spoke to them. And so she thought that Moshe shouldn't have separated from his wife. And so the question is, did she deserve such a punishment for not knowing the true greatness of Moshe? So Rashi tells us that her sin was not in Dibaraya, it's not the Lashon Hara, but rather in Iske Diba, the very fact that she was Isaac in Diba, in speaking at length about Moshe, that was the problem. What does it mean? When Miriam saw Moshe behaving in a way that she didn't understand, she shouldn't have spoken about it, and certainly not in a way of his askos, even though it was the truth and Lainus Gavan Lignusay. 
a askus, meaning being preoccupied and talking about it at great length of speaking about Moshe, it doesn't bring to Diba Teva. It can only lead to the opposite. So that was the chait, that was the sin of Miriam. Her askus in this type of speech, regardless of whether she had bad intentions or not, and regardless of whether it was true or not, it could only lead to bad things. And so she should not have done that. She shouldn't have been Isaac and Diba, and that was her sin. And if somebody says, if she, what about if she wants to simply understand the conduct of Moshe? So for that, she should have asked them about it as an inquiry, just inquiring by Moshe about it, and in private. And similar to this was the sin of the Miraglim. They didn't say any lies about Eretz Yisrael, but they spoke in a way of iske diba. They spoke so much and at such great length and detail about the might of the people of Eretz Yisrael to the extent that they scared the Yidin from wanting to go into Eretz Yisrael. That's a similarity. This this ASIC, this speaking at great length and detail about something that can only lead to problems. And in the case of the Miraglim, the problem was such a tremendous problem that it caused the Yidden to be afraid to enter Eretz Yisrael. And if they wondered how Hashem is commanding them to enter Eretz Yisrael, if the people are so strong, so they should have spoken about it in short or simply ask Moshe. But this askos of speaking so extensively about the might of the people of Eretz Yisrael to the extent that they came to the conclusion of could only lead Yidden to rebel and to say, and so here we see the similarity between the two Averis. And why Rashi says, Iskei because the issue was the speaking extensively about the matter, not that it was specifically Lashon Hara. And we could also understand over here as well the complete difference between them, that this Askos of the Miraglim and their Dibber was such an Askos that would lead and could only lead to the terrible results that it led to. Now we're going to move on to explain another detail of the sin of Miriam and the sin of the Miraglim, which is also a similarity between them. And based on that, we're also going to understand the severity of the sin of the Miraglim. And in the process, we're also going to answer question number three. Question number three was, why does Rashi say, What's the difference who she spoke about? All that seems to matter is, That she was punished for They saw and didn't take a lesson. So how indeed did it come about that Miriam spoke Diba about Moshe? So this is understood by her words. She said, Harak Hashem. Did Hashem only speak with Moshe? He also spoke with us, meaning Miriam and Aaron. So meaning that knowing that Hashem also spoke with them caused that she didn't understand that Moshe's greatness over them was so immense to the extent that it should justify freeing him of the tzivay of Hashem of a nasa yigra, that a person shouldn't leave their wife in that way, and causing pain to a isha kushis, which it says about her, shana bakel, that she was a very special woman and she was beautiful and everything. And similarly was by the Miraglim. They thought that since Moshe chose them, al pi Hashem, so therefore nobody is more qualified or greater than them in this shlichus. And therefore they said, since since we saw ourselves as insects compared to the people of the land of Eretz Yisrael, so they were certain that according, that according to Hashem, this was true by all Yidin. And so they came to the conclusion that And therefore, since they couldn't understand how they could go to Eretz Yisrael, so they were Isaac and explaining this at length, which is the th- matter of Diba, we said, and they spoke negatively about Eretz Yisrael. So here we have another aspect of the sin and in terms of seeing where it came from, which was similar between Miriam and the Miraglim, that both of them didn't appreciate their level compared to Moshe. Miriam compared herself to Moshe, and the Miraglim thought that they were on the highest level when it comes to this matter of their shluchas. And so whatever they experience is true, that is the truth in Torah. And according to this, we could understand why Rashi adds, Dibra Ba'achia. Because this explains even more how the spies Leila Khomusar emphasizes the severity that they didn't take a lesson. They had an, a readily and easily available lesson. 
They didn't take this lesson from Miriam in properly estimating another who is greater than them. By Miriam, there was the detail that Dibra Barachia, that Moshe was her brother, who it says about a brother that it's chasi besarei. And so it's naturally difficult for a person to feel about their own brother, who on one hand is chasi besarei, that that very brother is also infinitely greater than oneself. And nevertheless, even though Miriam had this excuse, she had this explanation that it's it's simply naturally difficult for a person to see their sibling both as chatzib basari and as infinitely greater than them. And nevertheless, Miriam received the punishment for this. So certainly the Miraglim, that weren't allowed to think that all the Yidin, including Moshe and Aaron and everyone else, should follow their opinion and conclusion, certainly by them, they should have taken this lesson. So they had a readily and easily available lesson, and they saw that even Miriam, who had a great justification, that naturally it's difficult to have this type of understanding. Nevertheless, she was punished. And still in all, they didn't take this lesson for themselves to realize that they're not greater than Moshe and Aaron and many of the other Yidin. Now we're going to answer another question on Rashi, which is why does Rashi say, Urusharim halalu ra'u? Why doesn't he just say, Urusharim halalu loilakhu musr? Why does he say ra'u v'loilakhu musr? And we're going to answer this by asking and answering another question about the spies. So another precise detail in the wording of Rashi is that he says and the word is extra so we'll understand this by first answering another difficulty on the story of the Miraglim and that is what changed by the Miraglim through going to Eretz and it changed to such an extent that they became so frightened and it brought them to say they already knew about all the details of the land and the people of Eretz Yisrael, as is understood from a number of different proofs, that they were aware of it. For example, it says, by Az Yashur, they speak about how the people of the land became terrified, and if they weren't aware of the might of those people, what's the big deal that they were terrified? And there was other proofs as well to indicate this. And so the question is, what changed by them through going to Eretz Yisrael? So this will be understood based on the Maimar Chazal, that You can't compare when somebody hear something to when they see something, even if they believe it 100%. In terms of the impact of where it touches the person, you can't compare it. And so as long as they only heard about the might of the people of Eretz Yisrael, they weren't intimidated, and they were ready to go to Eretz Yisrael. However, when they saw the might of the people, that caused the, so when they saw the might of the people, that caused them to regret their previous decision. And that's why the Miraglim constantly emphasized that they saw all of this. They kept on saying, Ra'inu, we saw, and they also it says, Vayarum, they showed the Yidin the fruits, because that's what essentially changed. They went from a place of hearing about the might of the people to seeing it. And that seeing of the might made them change the, their, their understanding and their feelings about their ability to conquer the land of Yisrael. And therefore Rashi emphasizes that they also saw the lesson. And since they saw the lesson, it should have given them the strength to overcome the challenge of being intimidated by what they saw in Yisrael. Because if they had only heard about the punishment of Miriam, they didn't see it, they just heard about it. So then we couldn't demand that they should have taken the lesson. Because this is a lesson which is distant from them, they heard about it. So you can't expect them to and, and demand of them that they should take the lesson. Since the, since the cause of the sin came from seeing, and the strength to overcome it came from hearing. And therefore Rashi emphasizes that they saw the lesson. That also the strength to overcome this challenge was by seeing, and nevertheless... They didn't take the lesson. And so with this, we answer all of our questions and get an understanding of what is the sin of the Miraglim. Ultimately, the sin of the Miraglim was that they they themselves saw, and in a way of seeing, even though what they saw in Eretz Yisrael was very powerful, but they also saw this lesson that they could take from Miriam about the danger of talking about something at great length. And also the cause of that, 
their estimation of their greatness, just like Miriam made an estimation of her greatness compared to Moshe. And they made that same mistake of their estimation of their greatness, and they didn't have the difficulty that Miriam had, that it's her brother, so it's hard to see them, him as being so much greater. They didn't have that difficulty, and still they didn't take that lesson, and they went ahead and they were Isaac and Diba about this matter of entering Eretz role, which could lead, and as we saw, did lead. We said that's the only thing that it could lead to, that the people would be afraid to go into Eretz Yisrael and would rebel, and nevertheless, even though the lesson was readily available, and it just occurred, and they, they had it in a way of seeing it, and they didn't have the, the, the difficulty that Miriam had. And they saw that Miriam, even despite this difficulty, still got a punishment. And they that didn't have this difficulty should have over, should certainly overcome it. And still they didn't take the lesson. And so that's what's so terrible about the sin of the Miraglam. From the Nyanam of and Allah and Rashi, starting with a question. Despite everything we said, how does the Torah put the story of Miriam near the story of the Miraglam, which can lead to the chashad, the suspicion, that Miriam is somewhat similar to the Miraglam? So seemingly we can answer, according to the opinion of Rashi, in what he says on the Torah, meaning not necessarily in Gemara or elsewhere, that we follow the opinion that the Torah was Megillah, Megillah, Nitna, meaning that Moshe immediately wrote each parsha, and not that it was written all at once. As the events occurred, Moshe wrote the Parshas. So according to this, it makes sense that Moshe wrote the beginning of Parsha Shlach, which is just about the sending of the Miraglim. He wrote it right away. Now it's understood that between these two stories, there were thousands of events that occurred. And so the closeness of the Parshas was only in writing. It's not that they happened near one another. It's just that Moshe wrote them in a, in a way that they're close to one another. And therefore Moshe overlooked placing the stories together despite it possibly leading to a suspicion about Miriam and he did this in order to try to protect the Miraglim. So it's only because of this understanding that the Moshe wrote the Torah in such a way of Megillah, Megillah, Nitna. And so as each thing occurred he wrote it. So he wrote the story of the sending of the Miraglim, not the Avera even. He wrote the story of the sending of the Miraglim right away. And it's not even that they're close in all regards, because since he wrote them, he wrote the parshas as they occurred, so between the two parshas there were many, many events that happened. However, it's, it remains difficult. There's a rule that we say, We don't tell one person to do an Avera so to benefit another person. And so Rashi answers this by writing, and not, so this is the Inyanam of Flame and Allah and Rashi. The Rashi doesn't say Urushaim Halalu Ra'u Vihatu, but rather Ra'u Musar. What's he telling us with this? So the explanation is as follows. Rashi explains on the teaching when it says in the Gemara, Ain Aimrim Lailadum Khatabishvil Shaiska Khavercha, we don't tell one person to do an Avera for the benefit of another person. So Rashi says that it means Shalaiskhaiv Khavercha inishhamar. We don't tell a person to do an Avera to benefit the other person that he shouldn't get a severe punishment. And so it's there's a difficulty over here. It's not understood. Rashi should have said so that your fellow doesn't do a more severe sin. He should have written Shalaiskhaiv Khavercha or Shalai Yavar Khavercha. We don't tell a person to do even a small sin in order to avoid another person doing a big sin. So why does why does he speak of a severe punishment? Why does Rashi speak of a punishment? So we can answer that Rashi follows the opinion in Taisvis that Ein Oimrim, this teaching of Ein Oimrim, is only when the sin was already done. If the sin is already done, and all that's involved is that if the person doesn't intervene, there'll be a great punishment. So we tell the person, you don't do even a small sin, despite it helping and saving someone else from a big punishment. However, when it comes to protecting one's fellow that he shouldn't do the severe sin, 
So then Taisa says, We do tell a person to do a small Avera to help and avoid another person doing a great Avera to protect another person from a severe sin. And according to this, it's understood why the Torah places Miriam in a position that may lead to a suspicion that she was like the Miraglim. Because this was supposed to help the Miraglim not to come to do the Avera in the first place. And so this is the Nanam of Floyd Menalacha that we will we do tell a person to do a small sin that another fellow another yid should be saved from doing a big avera and Rashi hints to this by writing because the whole purpose of what they saw is to help protect them from not doing the avera at all to avoid not but they didn't take musr and since it had the ability to give them musr to give them a lesson so then it's appropriate to put Miriam in such a position for the benefit, for the potential benefit of the miracle.